At the end of February 1969, the marijuana legalization group Lee Marr held a three-day New World Drug Symposium on the State University of Buffalo campus. The group had formed five years earlier after a goateed and leather-jacketed 27-year-old auto mechanic named Lowell Egemeyer strolled into a San Francisco police station, lit a joint, and exhaled at a detective. I am starting a campaign to legalize marijuana smoking, Egemeyer declared. I wish to be arrested. His attorney quickly announced the foundation of Limar for legalize marijuana, and picket sign protests in the city followed, first gathering ten and then a couple hundred activists. Within six months, another Limar chapter had formed in New York City with the involvement of such luminaries as the poet Allen Ginsberg. A Limar-affiliated mimeograph, the Marijuana Newsletter, began publication soon afterward. Ginsburg zeroed in on the ways in which smoking the forbidden plant, cultivated for its medicinal and psychoactive properties for thousands of years in Africa and Asia, but outlawed in 20th century America, might lead to revolution. When the citizens of this country see that such an old-time, taken-for-granted, flag-waving, reactionary truism of police, press, and law as the reefer menace is in fact a creepy hoax, a scarecrow, what will they begin to think of the whole of taken-for-granted public reality? What of other issues filled with the same threatening hysteria, the specter of communism? Respect for the police and courts. Respect for the Treasury Department. If marijuana is a hoax, what is money? What is the war in Vietnam? What are the mass media? By 1967, there were Lemar chapters in Buffalo, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Toronto. During that year of so many be-ins and love-ins, a number of smoke-ins occurred, with pounds of marijuana chopped up and rolled into hundreds of joints and distributed. Those events had unsurprisingly attracted police attention, and early publicity guaranteed that the 1969 Buffalo Gathering would too. Let's go and get high and listen to some music and fuck! raved the underground newspaper Ann Arbor Sun a month in advance. On the symposium's first day, agents of the U.S. Postal Service, FBI, Customs, and Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs all descended on a university classroom to arrest a student suspected of smuggling hashish. This made Michael Aldrich, the local Lemar organizer, nervous. Along with the distinguished MDs and PhDs invited to attend the seminar were several high-profile icons of the counterculture, many of whom had tangled with the law. LSD evangelist Timothy Leary was already appealing a 30-year jail sentence and a $30,000 fine for possession and transportation of marijuana. Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin of the Youth International Party, YIP, had been called before the House Committee on Un-American Activities. The MC5, the weekend's musical entertainment, had recently performed a concert that was surreptitiously filmed by the FBI. Their manager, John Sinclair, 
was awaiting sentencing on charges of assaulting a police officer at one of their shows. Nearly 50 members, five busloads of the Hog Farm, a commune-turned-hippie caravan, had been recently detained in a Pennsylvania narcotics raid. Allen Ginsberg had a criminal record in multiple countries. Even the eminent literary critic Leslie Fiedler, a professor at Buffalo and faculty advisor to the local Lemar chapter, had been arrested on drug charges, along with his wife, son, and daughter-in-law, when police raided his wiretapped home. So Aldrich, not taking any chances, kept his guests holed up and away from public view. If you try to see any of these people in their rooms, he told a local reporter, I'll take your press pass away. 